Isn't that fun? Isn't mm-hmm. that a fun little clap, clappy, clap, clap? I love it. It makes me wait. I'm pretty sure we've already started an episode where I made a booty clap joke and then we talk about booty clap for a while. We did. It definitely happened. All right. We're not going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Booty clapping is off the table for at least a year. Yeah. We'll do the we'll do the yearly roundup. Annual. And we'll talk about booty clapping. Hilarious booty clapping jokes. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, I guess it's satisfaction time. Good. Ready to get shot is fine. Oh 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 I'm sorry, but it just happens. But I can't hear you very well when you do it. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, but yeah. Like, but I don't know. I, don't, I just don't have that energy, especially when we start recording. Um. So what do you want exactly? You want like the same intro every time, but more energized? Yeah, I just want to find a way to spruce it up. Because I feel like when... uh. I definitely like it's satisfaction time is my favorite way to introduce the show. Right. Cause, cause when I, when I go like, welcome to satisfaction, I feel like it just sounds like every other podcast probably. And that's not a good judgment on my part. Cause I definitely don't listen to every other podcast, right. but I just feel like it's a general thing. Like welcome to the show as opposed to being like, it's satisfaction time. Motherfuckers get ready. Strap in. Except I want to be like, develop a personality that's not really me so that i have to slip into that guy every time we do the show and then it's like the addiction is being that guy and then that being that guy is the only way that i feel complete and then i go down a spiral and then then i I have to do coke and then you meet someone and they say that was before i found out about your mask and they go what they go keith silverman is your mask your true identity is the man you are once a week on satisfaction Exactly. Yeah. And then they they have three nipples. <laughs> exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then you notice her third nipple. Yeah. <laughs> or his. Or his. We don't want to assume how they identify. Uh, uh, Katie Holmes identifies as a woman. It was not an assumption. Okay. I didn't know we were going to call her out specifically. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows who we're talking about at this point. Everyone knows. Um. Okay. So let me try so, high energy satisfaction intro okay do um, it. and it's and i'm gonna do it legitimately like not not to be goofy um but so i'll do it and then at the end I, i'm gonna say like uh like I'm, it's not gonna be long i don't know why i said at the end i'm gonna say like uh it's satisfaction time uh with your hosts sarah with sam and keith and uh i'm sam and you're gonna say and i'm keith and then i'll say like and in this episode i'll intro but so that's that's your part you say and i'm keith mm-hmm. okay, okay. Okay. All right. Hello, everybody. It's Chattisfaction time with Sam and Keith. I'm Sam. 
I'm Keith. And this week we're going to be talking about a couple movies. Uh, I, Keith and I both saw Thor Ragnarok over the weekend. I saw a movie that came out a little while ago called Get Out that I really liked. Um, we're also going to talk about our progress on Mario, and we're going to talk about whatever else comes up during the show. So sit down, strap in, and enjoy your satisfaction. And then this is when the theme song kicks in. But how was that? That was kind of good, right? I do like that as a like, yeah, yeah, like a pre-show kind of like get ready, here we go. And especially if I had a theme song queued up, that'd be dope. Oh yeah, that'd we be should such get dope. Wait, we should get Roger to write us like a melancholy, uh, like jazzy theme song. And get <laughs> yeah. ready, sit have, down and go. <laughs> Yeah, it'd have it be like real a real bummer of a twenty yeah. second soundbite. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, one day, one day I'll be that professional. I like that. That was good. Yeah, it felt good. I wonder I wonder if I could channel something like that though. All right, let's try it. So what what's your spin on it though? So I'm not gonna do the stuff you did afterwards, but right. I just wanna see if I can like amp it up a little bit. All right. Just be like Okay, here we go. Let's do these little warm-ups here. I do like little breathing exercises when I really need to like uh, project, you know? Mm-hmm. I should just pretend like I'm at work, right? And I'm yeah. like calling for stuff because that's, that's when I'm at my most confident. I feel like that's when I'm the most boisterous when I feel like I'm my biggest personality when right. I'm at work. Um, especially since I have to like often defend myself against characters. Who are trying to character assassinate me? I feel that. Okay. What's up, guys? It's Chatisfaction time. I'm your host, Keith. And I'm Sam. And you're about to get into some nerdy shit. That's it. I feel um, like yours is better. I think, in order for it to feel like a high energy intro, it has to be a little bit longer. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't think it needs to necessarily intro the, but I, I do like the idea of introing like what we're going to talk about, so people have some expectations. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's a pretty good. I like that. I liked yours better. Um, I say, I say, it's like we start doing that. Like maybe we can alternate. Like each week, like we'll alternate who does the intro, but we start actually trying to build up, like have a more high energy intro. I, I, I didn't think we were missing it until. We started talking about it, and now I think we're missing it. Yeah. So let's do it. Every episode, we're just going to workshop how to make this show better. Yeah. And maybe one day we'll have two listeners. Two. No, we do have two, at least. So wait, we have Adriana and... Aaron, for sure, listens to Aaron the for sure. show. Okay. And and Rich does. Oh, three. Uh, yeah. I know that those three people listen to the show religiously and Aaron sure. specifically like, cause we live together. He'll just come downstairs every now and then and be like, you got some more satisfaction. <laughs> like, yeah, working on it, working on it. Um, nice. That's nice to have some, some set fans. I know my cousin Sean listens a lot. Um, mm-hmm. or I know Harris listens a bunch. Um, yeah. but I don't know if they're like, every week type listeners or just every once in a while type listeners. So shout out to yeah. anybody who's listening. That's the most depressing shout out you could give. Um, also I'm going to take the listeners to task though, because 
you're not doing your job that I gave you a while ago, which is spreading the word. Make people listen to our show or I'll fucking find you. I'll fucking kill you. Other than that, I like you all. Yeah, me too. But I just ate a big mouth of Skittles, so why don't you say something, Keith? Uh, what kind of Skittles? Um, cauldron Skittles. Cauldron. Those are the ones that I thought were crazy cores when I saw them. Yeah. I got really excited, and I saw that they were called, like different, and I was like, uh, and I got real depressed. I had the exact but, same process. Fuck, it's such a goddamn buzzkill. I had a boner, too. Crazy cores were a high point in the Skittles history. They're my favorite Skittles for sure. But at this I point, thought, I'm like, it, were they really? And then is it just my memory of them that's playing, fucking with me? I thought the sweet and sours you said were better. I like the sweet and sours currently. I think they're currently my favorite Skittle for sure. By a long shot. Um, but yeah, I would need another bag of Crazy Cores to compare. Because sweet and sours was percolating in my mind right now. It's a very recent memory that I can still associate specific flavors with. I just remember loving Crazy Cores. I can't remember how they tasted, really. I know the gist of them, but, you know, you need you need a good wad of that sweet, juicy goodness. Crazy Cores, I don't remember mouth. the flavor either, but I know I have, I've eaten candy my whole life. Yeah. And Skittles have never been... I always have liked Skittles, but they've never been one of my mainstays. And except when Crazy Cores were around. When Crazy Cores were around, I bought a bag. I, that was when I worked at the Census Bureau, and I would literally buy a bag on the way to work every single morning. And I would tuck it in my, my dress shirt, front dress shirt pocket, and then I'd get to work, and my friend Tim would say, Crazy Cores, and then I'd give him a few Crazy Cores, and then we'd eat them throughout the day. Every single day I ate Crazy Cores. You and I went through multiple gigantic bags that we leave on the dining yeah. room table, like... I've never had that much of a boner for Skittles as I did for Crazy Cores. So I can still say with confidence, it's not just nostalgia. Like, they, they were the only Skittles ever gotten their hooks at me like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I got to find some. Someone somewhere ha- still has to have some. Let's, and I would, pay, I would pay some money to just have a bag of it again. Let's. Tr- let, I'm gonna go ahead and go to www.bing.com and try to find out. Okay, you do that. Um, and while you do that, I'll kill some time with some dead air. The dead air with uh, some speech. Kill from my some mouth. time with some dead air. Um, I'll kill some dead air with some speech from my mouth that hopefully it makes words that you string those together and you get some sentences. Hopefully, you string some of those together and you get a clear thought, and then. Those become paragraphs as we write them down. But if you're just saying them, what do they become? Like, we still say words and then they become sentences, but then we don't say paragraphs. Like, we don't associate paragraph with talking speech. Like, what do they become? Do they become speeches? Or do they just become nice little soliloquies or poems? Or, you know what I was thinking the other day? It's like, I definitely do not write enough haikus. And maybe I should do that more. I actually Maybe really, we're... really enjoy writing haikus. It's the one form of poetry I've always felt like I actually was kind of good at because it has rules, and I like rules. It does have rules. It has very specific and set rules and not hard to understand rules, and you can make some fucking dope-ass haikus. Yeah, but then I think, like, like there's the rules uh, that are help. They help shape the haiku, but then, like, 
I think understanding like haikus should have a certain flow to them. I I don't particularly like haikus that are too literal. Like I think they should mm-hmm. be more of about like the essence of a moment versus mm-hmm. uh, describing something specifically. Yeah. But it's yeah, you know teach their own. I'm saying that's my haiku style. No, but there's like a definitive way you're supposed to do this stuff and you should probably listen to one or both of us, if not just one of us, but particularly both of us. Well, um, what are you, what do you say? Uh, the haikus are great. Yeah. As I like them too. Yeah. But you said you should listen to one or two of us. I don't understand anymore what's happening. That's, I mean, that's really incumbent on the individual, you know, I'm not going to say to listen to to listen to one or both of us. I think you're having a stroke right now. No, nah, I'm not having a stroke. Are you okay, Keith? Did you did you find your search results on Bing? There, there, there are uh, no crazy cores. Damn. Every website has it. a page for them, and it says out of stock. It's like, just take the fucking page down. Stop dicking us around. For real, yeah. Um, I'm not having a stroke, I'm pretty sure. There's a way to check if you're having a stroke. You, like, smile, right? No, you call the police. You call the ambulance, and they come pick you, you up. You don't have say, to call the ambulance to figure out if you're having, having a stroke. stroke. Here's your ambulance bill. <laughs> Do you think there's an ambulance bill? What? Yeah, 100%. If you, like... There is. If you... If I call an ambulance, and I'm like, I'm having a stroke, and they come by, and they're like, no, nah, you're good. And I get billed for that? I'm pretty sure if you call the ambulance, someone pays for it. Hmm. But it's not like calling the cops, you know, like if I call the cops and I'm like, I'm pretty sure someone broke into my house. I don't have a, like a cop's bill. No, there's not a cop's bill. <laughs> <laughs> First, I got robbed by these burglars. Then I got robbed by the cops. Yeah. Um, no, there's not a cop's bill. I mean, except for just the taxes you pay. Um, yeah. And if you're black, you get killed. But other than that, <laughs> there's no there's no bill for calling the cops. You know who's like flying under the radar under amongst all this race stuff is Asians. Yeah. <laughs> what, do, what do you think they make of all this shit? Um, they're probably just waiting their turn. Like, I feel like blacks get the brunt of it, but it always filters out into the other races. Like, there's plenty of, and that's the thing. There's still, there's plenty of Asian racism. It's just not as the Asian stereotype isn't. Uh, it's not as scary to the white man as the black stereotype. So, mm-hmm. so the Asian stereotypes, uh, I, I think they, they still get shit on them, but it's not, it's just different. Um, it's not what's in you, the forefront. And so, you know what I think actually happens? I think they do get shit on, but the Asians, they just keep their heads down and they fucking go at it. Apparently, I think, I think Asians in America did better economically than whites like the last couple years. I don't know where I heard that from, but it's true. Just trust me. Um, yeah, I believe it. I think they just keep their head down and they work, man. They're just like, fuck all this bullshit. But that's like, if you like this, the whole problem here, you know, or I mean, one of the many problems here, but it's like making judgments based on stereotypes and yeah. like, the Asian stereotype is, isn't, it's not like an, uh, a super outwardly negative stereotype. Um, yeah. it's, there's, there's negative aspects to it for sure, but it's not like 
like the black stereotype is just like stupid criminal. Um, yeah. And like some of that carries over into like Hispanic stereotypes. Um, it's like illegal, lazy criminal. Uh, and yeah. then like the Asian stereotype is just like smart, uh, bad driver. Like it's just not, I think it's, it's easier to stay out of the spotlight because it's not as, uh, it's not as dramatically terrible to be stereotyped mm-hmm. as that thing. And so the effects of it probably, I don't know. And I, I don't, I'm afraid, I don't want to say anything to like minimize that it probably sucks to be Asian. It, it sucks to be anything other than a white guy in America, I think. Um, and in many parts of the world, but America's where, where we're from. Yeah. Represent. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm sure, I'm sure that they, that they're getting their own brunt of it, but it, uh, it starts, starts with the black folk. Yeah. Everybody gets it a little bit now. Hey, speaking of, uh, race relations in America, uh, Tessa and I watched a movie that came out a while ago called Get Out. Yeah. How'd um, you guys enjoy that? It was great. Or did it you enjoy super it? It was great. Yeah. Quite a good movie, it. man. I, yeah, I saw it in theaters. Oh, we wanted to see it in theaters, but we didn't. Yeah. I think it's the first, like, I wouldn't need, I don't know if it's a horror. Is it a horror? Yeah, it's kind of a horror film. It's, a, it's the first horror movie I've seen in theaters. It's a little horror It's like horror thriller. It's a psychological thriller, I think, is what I would say. Yeah. I think um, technically it's a horror film, though. I think it was made as... It's like an episode of Black Mirror, I think. Like a long episode of Black Mirror is what it feels like. I don't watch Black Mirror. Black Mirror is super good. You should check it out. Um. But, uh, yeah, so you guys liked it? Yeah, we liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, fuck. I had a lot of opinions on it when it was fresh in my mind, but there's like everyone is super good in it. It's really well acted. It's just like it was the sort of thing where I'm like, amidst like superhero movies coming out all the time, and just like everything feeling samey. It was cool to go to the theater. And it just be like real people on a set, like a real tangible set with real things to interact with the whole time um, with like cool special effects happening where they, it all looked practical. You know, it's like it felt like a real fresh movie experience outside yeah. of it being like a high concept type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and so just uh, let's I do my obligatory like we're going to get into some let's stick to minor spoilers. Yeah. Minor spoilers Because it's been out for a while. I'm sure that most people have seen it. But if you haven't, it's highly, I highly recommend it. Yeah, me too. Um, but um, uh, what I, one thing I really like about it is that it's like in a, in a society where we're currently, you know, movies especially are, are making a big push towards diversity and inclusion. Um mm-hmm the only movies that really highlight race are movies that are the, that's their entire purpose, you know, like they're movies yeah. about, uh, you know, a, a racist Southern city in the sixties or something like that. Like they're, they're always like races, their entire purpose. And so it was really cool. I think to see a, like a thriller like this have race be such a piece of it, but not the purpose, like the purpose is what's going on, you know, 
in this town what's going on in this house um but the like the vehicle the plot mechanic is that like something is going on to all the black people in this town um Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's not about like the struggle of you know civil rights but it's it is also like that one thing i like about the movie is i think that you and i can't completely appreciate it because i think that a big aspect of that movie has to be that it's probably really creepy to be a black guy surrounded by white people and it happens all the time uh and we just never think about it like the weird conversations that they're having at that party i don't think most of those i think are pretty realistic like that they just happen all the time that just by being a black person around white people you're subject one thousand percent because a lot of it a lot of it is based off of jordan peele the director who is part of Key and Peele, the comedy series. Um, I think he said he's like sticking to directing these kind of, he has like four more ideas for like movies like Get Out. And he's going to be doing this for a while. Nice. Which is like good on him because he turned a, like a $5 million movie into like a $100 million gross at the box office. Nice. Um, so it, and he said that these, those scenes in particular were based off his specific experience in those same situations. Yeah, I totally believe it. And so I like the idea, I don't know. This sounds probably super stupid and uh, like, I don't know, white guilty and stuff, but it's like, I don't know. It excites me. It excites me that there's something I can't enjoy, like, or that I can't completely understand. Cause I just, I'm so sick of like, I hate, I, I love being a white guy because I, I get every advantage in the world. It's great, mm-hmm. but I hate it. Like, I have so much white guilt about it that it's like, oh, cool, there's stuff in this movie I couldn't get. <laughs> like, and it yeah. sounds really dumb. Like, I'm embarrassed to say that, and I'm embarrassed that our four listeners are going to hear me say that. Um, yeah. But it's true. It's, it is a true feeling. That's the way you feel. I don't think you should ever be embarrassed about the way you feel. No, like, even if I, even if I, I outwardly don't agree with you sometimes, like, this is how you feel. So like, who cares? Like if you're being honest and genuine, that's what matters the most. Yeah. But you can still, you can have true, honest, genuine thoughts that are kind of shameful. Yeah. And that's what, this is one that's like, I'm a little, uh, it's a little Sam, bit. I know I am a living embodiment of shame. I just shame all over myself. Yeah. So everywhere, it's, it's so. okay to be embarrassed about. about something, even if it's genuine. Yeah. I'm just trying to be like positive, positive right. reinforcement for but you. But I'm saying instead of, instead of saying everything's kosher, I'm embracing the fact that I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, I'm still saying it, but I'm, you should. I'm That's how I felt after giving my speech at your wedding. I was like, I was super embarrassed. Uh, it was good. And then at I a certain like point speech. I had to, I was like, fuck, I'm done thinking about it. And then right when I decided I was done thinking about it, everyone started coming up to me and talking to me about it. I was like, I was done with this. <laughs> <laughs> now you're all bring it back. But anyway, that's not, it's not about that. You go ahead. Um, first of all, move your mic back to your mouth. It's, it's there. <laughs> it was it wasn't <laughs> he said, he said, that was like a kid who got caught like scribbling on something and he throws his pencil he's like no i didn't do that <laughs> um, for the listener we have a recording mic and then a chatting mic and so his chatting mic is the one that's out of the way not his yeah. recording mic um anywho yeah, it was a great movie, and uh, I I told the joke I made to Tessa was that uh, it's going to be the awkward thing I say to every black person I meet now is what did you <laughs> like get out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, but do you feel like that's kind of part of the setup of it? 
a little bit? Do you think that's intentional? Do you think he thought to do that? What do you mean? To like have someone like you go see it and then have that be set up of like, cause in the movie there's all sorts of stuff like, like that, you know, it's like, Oh, I would have voted for Obama for a third term right. and stuff like now, now you're part of kind of that thing that he's setting up where it's like, now you can go to people and be like, did you see get out? I love get out. It's such a good movie. Yeah. Um, do you think that was intentional? Like that'd be neat. I, I just thought about it right now. I was like, man, what if he thought about that ahead of time? That'd be such so smart. I don't know. I mean, I think that's. I think that it was like. I I really just think that plot mechanic is an in. It's an in joke. That's not really a joke yeah. for black people. Like I think it's like, yeah. hey, here's a life experience we can all relate to that I'm mm-hmm. going to expand upon a little bit and make uh like i'm gonna i'm gonna move it to the point of this horror thriller concept but it's a yeah. it's a basic real experience a real human experience that we all can get um whereas you know watching it as a white person is like well i can't believe these people are talking to him this way like whereas i you know i'm sure it's just like yep that's 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 what it's like um so and i just think that's cool you know, what I liked about the movie was it was typically when you're dealing with a movie like this, where it's about race relations, particularly when it's about black people interacting with white people, the white people come off as like the normal thing to do is the white people come off as like super conservative or whatever, like today's idea of conservative is like, um, and that this movie was about like feeling that way from like the liberal side where the liberal like feeling uncomfortable from like liberal whites where they're like so overly friendly and they just want to like know your particular experience so much so that you feel like they're trying to steal it from you. Right. That's kind of what I got out of it. And I thought that was interesting and unique because yeah, you don't you don't often see stuff like this attacking liberals, which yeah. I feel like. It wasn't like attacking like malicious, but it's definitely like I don't feel comfortable anywhere. Like I don't feel comfortable from this spectrum or this spectrum for these particular reasons. And it was it was cool to highlight that. And it really, I thought the script was smart and the way that it was acted was real smart. Um, and all the performers performers were really good. Or the actors were really good. Um, yeah. And there's like real subtle stuff like with the storytelling that I really like, like uh, not to give anything away, but there's a character at one point who's like eating some cereal and they've like separated the cereal from the milk and the cereal is colored and the milk is white. I'm like, uh, that's a, such a smart, like little touch. I like that. I don't know if you remember that. that part yeah, I do. And I, I particularly remember that character, uh, takes the, uh, they, 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 it's, fruit loops and they did like bite yeah. the fruit loop in half and i just yeah. liked it because it was just such a it was so white it was just so incredibly white <laughs> yeah but there's like no dialogue in a scene and it you like you understand exactly what's trying to be communicated yeah. like when i go and see movies like this i think people pick up things that i don't and I, i'm particularly focused in i'm zeroed in on like the storytelling right so i like I, those are like everything about that throughout the movie was so fucking well done. Loved it. Yeah. Especially when it gets like thrown into the sunken place. Yeah. Yeah. It was Crazy. a good movie. 
making me feel real uncomfortable and i like that yeah um and then you know tsa Mm -hmm. you know how i love the tsa that's probably the most i've ever loved the tsa i got no problem with the tsa i know that's probably stupid of me but i think it's just i don't care you don't but that's the thing is you don't you don't have to care about everything in the way that someone else might you know and that's fine like i don't care that i don't care that you don't care about the tsa right like i still like to have my opinion about it and feel like i can be heard and maybe understood a little bit but also you know like you don't care but there's other things you care about like you just don't give that the bandwidth you know what i mean so no but i mean if i'm being honest like i i think people who care about it are wrong mm-hmm. it's not just that i don't give it a bandwidth i do i've thought about it and i think the people that get their panties in a twist about the tsa are wrong um like in what particular way i think that the tsa is valuable Okay. I mean, the only way to express their value, though, is to say that there have been no terrorist attacks since it's been instated, which is not. I feel like that's not an expression of value. An expression of value would be like how many attacks they prevent. And you're like, you you just deal in this unknown of like, well, just just their presence alone is preventing it, which is like maybe, but we don't know that. That's so nebulous. Right. We they haven't we like don't specifically that. thwarted anything. Is that but but it's their presence. It's like if you it's it's saying like by them being there, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm 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 scrambling here. Um I agree with that statement, but I I think I see that statement as a positive thing. Like they haven't tackled guys in bomb vests on the runway, but like if anybody, I, I think the strenuous security could very easily have prevented anybody from attempting anything. Cause if you attempt something like that and get caught ahead of time, like, you're you're done yeah um you're done and you don't get to do the thing you wanted to be done doing yeah um i yeah i mean that's the thing it september 11th proved that these aircraft can be used as really terrible weapons and so i think having some security around them isn't the worst idea yeah i just think that the tsa has definitely caused more problems than it's probably solved and definitely it's it's solved it hasn't specifically thwarted anything that's the thing not that you know of like it's it's like the king it's like in kingsman when he has all of the uh newspaper headlines the boring newspaper headlines behind him Mm -hmm. that's the whole point is that when they do their jobs right nothing happens um and maybe not even they're if they're just doing their jobs well enough that it scares people out of uh doing something like we can't know. It's true that we can't know, but like, what's the other option? We just get rid of them until a few more buildings blow up, and then we go. Okay, maybe we do need some security mm-hmm. at the airports. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
And the and just, the TSA is made up of human beings, and he, people are shitty everywhere. And so some people like got groped. It sucks, but it's like that's not because the TSA is an organization that says go feel up ladies. They say, you know, do like there are there's protocols, and generally, I believe the the TSA agents who have fucked people over have been breaking those protocols. Yeah, they're just a it's a nuisance, and they they do have a shitty job because they have to interact with stressed out people like they don't make any of the situations better they actively make them worse and then because they know that they're in that particular position a lot of them just don't care like um and i don't like i don't i definitely don't get as worked up about it as i had before like i don't mostly now i'm in the situation where like this is the way it is and so i'm not going to give this any energy for me unless i really have to um but we're too far gone now. Like the TSA is just part of life. So it was, uh, it's not going to go away. I don't think, but it's also the other aspect of it is that it's not part of life. It's part of uh, luxury. Like it's when I want to fly somewhere, what I am accepting is I'm going to pay a few hundred bucks. I'm going to be mm-hmm. uncomfortable for a few hours and I'm going to have to go through a security checkpoint. Those are all the things I have to do. I'm not mad at the airline for charging me. I'm not mad at the airline for being uncomfortable. I'm not mad at TSA for searching me. It's those are that's the process for flying. If I don't like it, I can take a train somewhere or a bus or a boat. Like it's the most convenient way to get somewhere, but it also is the most expensive, and that expense is both financial and uh you know, and and convenience. Like you're giving up you're giving up one convenience for another. But it's not yep. flying is not a right. Flying is not a right of the human being. It's a it's a it's a privilege. You're right. I mean, the flying itself is a privilege, but there's also like the TSA is borderline like a legal search and seizure. Don't you think? Um, no, because it's voluntary. You do not have to go through a TSA checkpoint. You just don't fly. Like they're saying, if you want to go do this, you have to give, be searched. But an illegal search and seizure means that you are forced against your will to be searched and then they take or and or they take stuff from you but this is not against your will flying is a completely voluntary process it's true yeah it's like saying when a company fires someone uh for saying something racist that that's their freedom of speech being challenged it isn't that's the company's freedom of speech to fire them um like the the government is not forcing you to fly um i don't know if that's a one-to-one comparison but you know in in that instance it's like yeah freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequence like you can say you can say whatever you want yes it's not illegal to be racist you're not going to go to jail for being racist but you will pay a social consequence which is like you'll be fired and people won't want to work from you or do business with you or have anything to do with you you know you'll be shunned by society um but I just think when you choose to fly, you shouldn't have to suspend any of your rights that are that are given to you by just by being born here. You know, like they're they should be inalienable. You should have them anywhere that you go in America. Like um, and I, I, you know, it's it's necessary to take these measures with TSA in a way because like the way that terrorists are it's like they could rig up anybody to blow you know it really could be a kid or a fucking grandma or it could be anybody um so it's kind of that's what i'm saying is like 
I still don't think it's right and I still don't like it, but I'm, it, it just is the nature of like, it, it's how we got to be now, you know, cause it, we got to we get, they have to do something to make the, the citizens feel like they're defended and right. this is it. But mostly I'm just annoyed that I have to take my shoes off at the airport for no reason. It's not, but it's also like, it's not that big of a deal. You just wait in line for 20 it's minutes. It's not. That's why I do your, it. You take your shoes off and then you get on your plane. It's not, but I can have an opinion about it. I mean, I'd still do it. And I never, I'm never shitty to TSA. Like the people particularly, I still am annoyed by it. But, you know, my general rule is like, be kind. I'm far, far more annoyed by how uncomfortable it is on planes nowadays. They have gotten so fucking terrible. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's like, how, how have we not made any advances in upgrading the comfort on planes and stuff? Oh, that's the thing. We have made advancements, but planes have also in order to stay competitive, they've had to make things like, it's not that they haven't gotten better. It's that they have actively gotten worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Flying yeah. used to be more comfortable. The, the seats have gotten closer together. They've reclined less. They've gotten less padding. If you don't fly, if you fly coach, uh, you're just fucked. Like you're going to be super uncomfortable the whole time. Yeah. And that's, they want you to buy the more expensive tickets. Um, but it's also when I fly, I look for the absolute dirt cheapest tickets I can. Like it's part of it is that yeah. I fly as cheaply as possible. If I flew better airlines, I'd probably be more comfortable, but it also cost me twice as much. So every time it's like, and I'm getting to the age where I'm starting to, th- I'm actually starting to think it might be worth more money to be comfortable, which has never been a, one of my MOs. I'm always like, oh, I'll just get there as cheaply as possible and then have a good time when I'm there. But it's like, it's I'm one of my to hate it. It's one of my greatest motivators to get a better job. To be able to fly more comfortably. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's when I, well, it's just like when I do something like that, I want to be fucking treated well, you know? I yeah. want to be treated like I'm royalty. I want to sit in a chair with my own personal space. Even though I just put headphones in and fuck off anyway, you know? Just I like just want to sit in a chair one. that has enough room for at least me in it. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugh. God. Luckily, I always fly with people that I know. I've only ever flown once by myself. It's super weird. I flew by myself. I flew by myself a handful of times. Um, one yeah. of the last times I did, I was like in between. I was in the middle, in between two guys. It was awful. I was just so uncomfortable. They both took the armrests from me too. Just sat mm-hmm. with my hands on my lap. Trying not to cry for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, uh, I don't even, yeah, my, my, uh, solo flight experience was not memorable. So I don't think anything shitty happened. Otherwise, I would have told you, except that I lost the connector. Or I was, the first flight made me late to the connector and I had to run to the gate. And I'm not in great shape. And by the time I got to the gate, it had just left. Like the doors had just closed and I was like about to throw up. I was like so winded from running however far I had to from gate to gate um, that I think they felt bad and just put me up in a room and gave me a free flight. And then you ran into the, uh, to the flight attendant holding all the tickets and all the tickets fell on the ground. And she Mm -hmm. said, are you sure you're supposed to be on this flight? And you say, yeah. And then she goes, okay, go. And you got on the flight, but you ended up in New York and the rest of your family was in Miami no, my family was dead at this point. Is that oh, what happened? Yeah. And then, but then you went to your uncle's house that was being renovated. No, this is Home Alone too. But then the Wet Bandits 
had broken out of prison, but now they're called the Sticky Bandits. No, and, this is... And they were robbing this toy store, and you saw them? Did I, did I also run into Donald Trump? Um, no, we don't think about that part. <laughs> no. My life was not Home Alone 2. I wish it was. I feel like that'd be a baller-ass life. What do you think Kevin McAllister's, realistically, based on his exploits in Home Alone 1 and 2... What do you think Kevin McAllister's adult job is? Hmm. You ever think about that? Adult job? How old? He's he's like 30. What do you think his profession is? He's in a career or is he still dicking around? Or is that part of the question? He's in a career. He's in a career. Like, no, based on his... Okay, so like he could be in a career or he's dicking around. What do you think? What do you think his adult life is like based on his performance in Home Alone 1 and 2? So I feel like he has... Uh, two paths. Mm-hmm. He either goes into, uh, or honestly, three paths. He either goes into uh, crime prevention, uh, so some form of law enforcement potentially, um, mm-hmm. or he goes into more of an engineering role. Like I could see him as a mechanical engineer. Um, yeah, but I don't know if he had the brain for it. You know, I don't know if he could do numbers that good. Yeah, uh, based on his older brother Biff or whatever Buzz. Based on Buzz, like, Buzz was not smart. So if Kevin is going to be like that when he's older, he's probably not going to be a mechanical engineer. Um, yeah. And then the other option is crime. Like, this kid knows oh, crime. okay. He okay. knows how criminals' minds work um, to the point where he literally can anticipate their every move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if he could do that, he could do pretty well on the other end of it. Man, I never thought about that. I think he's robbing like Kevin McAllister and stuff. Shit, you're probably right. Fuck. I had an idea in my head and I just lost it of what I thought Kevin McAllister would be like as an adult. Because you just blew my mind with that crime thing. I never would have thought that. I mean, like people act the way they're treated. Like that's that's this the cycle of abuse. That's how it goes. Um and this is what he learned as a kid. And so he's going to, you know, at some point he's hard up and he's like, you know what? I never, I didn't get into engineering school. Uh, cops are all assholes. I don't want to be a cop. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure, doesn't a kid, doesn't a cop push his face away in one of those movies? <laughs> um, in what, what way? I'm thinking of. No, I'm thinking of some movie where some bad guy is dressed up like a cop and a kid comes and tries to talk to him and he just like grabs the kid's face and pushes him away. Oh, that's uh, Batman. That's from Batman Begins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's Thank the you. end. I knew you'd know it. It felt like a classic where movie, whatever it was. There's a, there's a ninja dressed up as a cop and this kid's like, <laughs> yeah. hey, my, I can't find my mom. Yeah, that's it's on the Narrows, right? When like, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's <laughs> yeah. at the end, yeah. Okay. Cool. So anyway, that uh, doesn't happen to Kevin McAllister, but still. <laughs> I could see him losing I, faith in the police. He had to take measures in his own hands twice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that could be what happens. Um, I think he becomes an escape room designer. That's I think that, I think. I, that can't be that lucrative. I think... Mm, Maybe here's here's what uh, 
there's no such thing as an escape room designer that isn't also the owner of the escape room. Like, yeah, the yeah. people don't build escape rooms. They go, we're going to call world-class escape room designer Kevin McAllister to get our escape yeah. room design. Like, I feel like it's just, uh, I could see him doing that. He buys the house in New York that was his uncle's and he just turns it into an escape room. But see, the escape rooms are more puzzly. Like there weren't many puzzles. The puzzle was put your foot on the ground and it will be a, a Christmas ornament underneath it. That's the puzzle. Yeah. yeah. Can you figure out how to turn on the blowtorch? The answer is open the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. He, he's building traps more. Yeah. I yeah. Got you. But there's a lot of like he uses, uh, you know, he uses some some nice engineering principles. And that's why I think potentially mechanical engineering but it's a hard life i think he's a professional booby trapper for the military that's what Ooh, i think i like that sets yeah. trip wires he, yeah he does all that he sets the landmines trip wires uh you know like all that stuff except instead of landmines it's just christmas ornaments yeah they're like uh it's all christmas themed all the time like, mccallister you put in Christmas ornaments. <laughs> Give me twenty, McAllister. No more Christmas. I like it. Yeah. Home Alone <sighs> Five Boot Camp. Um. Well, Sam, I went and saw that Thor Ragnarok this week, and let me tell you, I thought it was an enjoyable experience. Um. So you cut out right there. But before I have you repeat yourself, I want to say, do we have anything else to talk about? I figure we should do the end of the episode of Thor. It's a hot new movie, and I imagine uh, two of our five listeners might want to turn it off to not hear Thor spoilers. Um, mm, Thor so spoilers. Anything? Yeah, I would like to go into spoilers, too. So yeah, is there anything else idea. you want to talk about before we go into Thor? Probably a little bit of Mario. What's your Mario experience been like this week? Um I played a decent bit, so here's... I actually want to talk a little bit broader than Mario. um, Okay. But about Mario. Uh, So this last week, uh, our good friend Jack Krause came and stayed with us um, from Thursday... Or from Saturday through Thursday. Um, Mm -hmm. Jack recorded with us Monday. um, And uh, what was really cool is that Jack and I lived together for four years. Um, We're both nerds. And we hung out a lot. And Jack was staying with me over these last few days because he's moving to Hawaii to be with his girlfriend who just moved to Hawaii to go to law school. Um, and every single night while he was in town, I played Mario on the TV and he played Mario on the couch uh, on his Switch. And uh, it was just really fun. It was like, it felt like old times. Like it was a really, really fun way to say goodbye to Jack because I'm, you know, mm. I'll, I'll see him again for sure, but I'm not going to see him as often as I used to by any means. Um, yeah. And uh, I'll miss him. And so it was like a really unexpected, like we didn't plan on it. it just sort of like every night it was like, hey, do you want to play some Mario? Sure. We just would sit down and do it. And it's the type of shit you and I used to do when we lived together mm. and when we didn't, like hanging out together while doing our own thing. Um, but it just was like, you know, with getting married and, and Jackson in a serious relationship and we're starting, we're in careers and like all this different stuff. Like it's really hard to get one-on-one time with anybody. Um, yeah. and it's hard to get one-on-one time where you don't have a really specific goal. Um, but so I just like, regardless of the actual content of Mario Odyssey, 
it provided me with like this really, really great way to say goodbye to one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was awesome. I really loved that. I loved just sitting on the couch playing with him every night. Um, he'd usually stop playing and watch me play for a little while. And while we talk and he would just fall asleep and then I play a little more than we both go to bed. Like it's just, it's really special. Um, and Mario gave that to me and I, regardless of how I feel about this Mario, when all is said and done, I'll always, I'll always think about that. I think when I think about this Mario. Yeah. And I can't remember if we got into any of that when we talked to him. We didn't. Yeah, okay. we didn't. Cool. Um, yeah, so, that's yeah. really cool. I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, it was it was rad, and it's like I've barely picked up the game since he left town, and not for any specific reason, but just like that was fun doing that every night. And so now I have to start. Now I have to play it alone. Yeah, um, and I'm je- I am jealous of it too already. It was fun. That's that's a fun way to play games. And it's you know when we were all younger, that was a very common thing. We'd hang out, we'd play video games, read comics, we'd all sort of be our own nerds together. And yeah. it was one of, I think it was one of my favorite things to do. I think I could say it probably was one of your favorite things to do too. Like I loved it. Still is one of my favorite things to do. Hanging out separately together. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't get to do that. Tessa doesn't like it. Um, Tessa yeah. doesn't like doing that. Uh, and so, yeah, it stinks. I I miss getting to do that. Um, if, if the rare times JW and I ever hang out, we can do it, but he's, you know, he has a kid and we live an hour away. So it's, it's 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 just rare to get that opportunity, um, yeah. But, but yeah, solo solo together times are some of my favorite nerd nerd times, and they're very few and far between these days. Yeah. Um. So anyway, now we can talk about the content of Mario. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a lot farther from when we last talked um we uh i i'm i'm on i'm on like the next world after new donk city um gotcha and i'm having a lot of fun with it um i i'm i like the game a lot i'm really liking a lot of the different powers and stuff i do like just overall i wish i wish there was more platforming in it um, yeah, I feel like you have to really like seek out the platforming. Um, and that's what I love about Mario games. I love platforming and I love when the platforming gets really hard and I'm sure there will be some really hard stuff, especially uh, if I try to hundred percent the game. Um, mm-hmm. but I just want there to be more, I, I wish there was more platforming. Yeah. Um, I, you know, a lot of the nerd talk online is like basically saying that Nintendo's competing with itself for game of the year between breath of the mm-hmm. wild and Mario. Um, yeah. and I think it's breath of the wild hands down. Um, I, I'm really enjoying this Mario, but mm-hmm. breath of the wild. I, I pretty much at all times I'm playing that game every 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm thinking like, holy shit, that was amazing. Holy shit. I can't yeah. believe that just happened. Um, yeah. and that's a hundred hours into the game. I'm still like, Oh my God. Wow. 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 All the time. And Mario's yeah. Mario's like incredibly enjoyable to play. I've not done anything in the game that I've not liked. I've really liked playing it, but it's more just like, yeah, this is really fun. This is with Mario. I'm having a lot of fun, but it's not. I think you and I are having opposite experiences. Though, really? With those two games, yeah. Really? All right, well, tell me your take, and I know you're, you've beaten it. Well, just um, for that specific thing between Mario and Zelda, is like I, I feel the opposite about those games. Like I feel like Mario is the thing where I'm like every step of the way, I'm like, this is just 
like I've been ha- having like a great week. It's not been terrible for any particular reason other than like my job is hard and I hate having responsibilities and I hate being the guy, even though it fills me with a great sense of purpose that I think a lot of people are missing. And I'm glad that I don't miss that. But I also am like sometimes I'm just like, I want to be 14 again and just play video games and not have anything to do. But anyway, that's a sidebar. We never do that on the show. Um, my one like relief other than getting to talk to my girlfriend every night and she's great, but I come home every night and I, I go to my, sh- my job and I'm like, I have a rough day and I come home and I wrap my arm with belt, tie it off real quick, smack the vein and inject pure joy into my body in the form of Mario Odyssey. And it is, whew, that is just the stuff of dreams. I can't believe whatever factory they made that out of, whatever poppy seed farm they were growing that shit at from. Please keep doing it, Nintendo, because it is just pure joy through and through and i like zelda a lot and like for sure when i started playing zelda like it was like that i'm like holy shit this is incredible when you're like making those little discoveries as you're going along i'm like i wonder if i have this flame sword and i just whack this grass maybe it'll catch it on fire and like yeah like a lot of the like common sense real world logic works in zelda but the game doesn't say that it will do that right um that's part of the pure joy of like experimentation discovery exploring and like i feel like those same basic things are in mario except mario's on this heightened level of like it's just designed way tighter than zelda because it's not an open world like zelda right Right. at a certain point zelda was just a very calm experience for me to play where it's like i just want something to just kind of relax in for a bit and so i would just go in and and zelda has like really good music and stuff um and it is good to just like kind of i it feels fine to just like walk around and have this kind of you don't have to like have it be action packed it can just be like this more meditative experience like this is just all beautiful to look at right like right. i feel like that game uh anywhere you look is uh compositionally satisfying to look at yeah and that's a hard thing to achieve in an open world game you know um but Zelda does achieve that. And I think Mario is just more quickly rewarding and so uh, intelligently designed as far as like mission structure. And, you know, there's there's like easier moons to collect and then there's difficult, more difficult ones and they're all mixed in with each other. What I don't like about the more recent Mario games is like they're really easy for a long time. And then you get to the difficult stuff and it feels like there's not as much of that as there is the easy stuff. So you're, the time you're spending is joyous, but it's very easy. And then it gets hard towards the end. And uh, there's not enough of it for me. Whereas I feel like in, in Odyssey, the more you explore, I feel like there's a, a varying amount and an equal amount of like, here's some easy stuff and here's some moderate stuff and here's some more difficult stuff. Um, and it's incumbent on you to kind of go find it. And, you know, the more exploratory you are, the more you'll find that stuff. And I really like that. And the, the world structure is very different. The map layout for like almost every single one of the worlds is like, it's just really smart and, and well thought out. And uh, I just like it, man. Bottom line. I just love it. Okay. And let me be clear. I also love it. Um, I yeah. also think it's a joyous experience. I, like I yeah. said, I am having uh I'm having a great time playing it, and at no point have I not had a good time. No point have I gone, ugh, I don't want to do X. Like, I am really loving it. 
Um, yeah. So I I think I came off maybe sounding too negative, but it's more like I feel like you know we have this show and we have to come up with opinions that are nuanced and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more if I if I compare the two, if I compare Mario to Zelda, uh, Zelda is more of a revelatory experience whereas mario is just like it's just good it's just like you smashed a bunch of good mario together and i'm playing it whereas zelda was zelda was a new a new experience for zelda uh and in my opinion like the best experience for zelda and so yeah this one i think i had similar hype of like oh my god it's gonna be mario but they're opening it up they're doing this crazy stuff but it's more just you know these bigger mario territories um, mm-hmm. and I just, I just waiting and maybe, you know, maybe my opinion will change as I get farther into the game, but I just want more difficult platforming. Like one of the things I, I really have loved over the years is like, is getting 100% on all the, the 3d Mario games. Cause they're, uh, yeah. they get really hard, like pulling it off gets really fucking tough pulling off yep. specific jumps and stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, I still challenge you to to 100% Mario 3D World. We'll see if I ever turn my Wii U on again. You should do it <laughs> just to see if you can beat that last level. Maybe, yeah. Uh, that game, 3D World, re- is really good. And it, There's so many games in the system where I'm like, I'm just so sad that it's stranded on that machine. Especially now that I have the Switch in my house. It's like, what, am I ever going to turn that on again? I don't want to. I will. I just got my Wii U back. There's been a couple times that I've wanted to play it, um, and that those times are for Nintendo Land. When I have five people over, or four people over, and there's five of us, and we're drinking and we want to play a game. Nintendo Land is such a good local multiplayer game. Yeah. Um, and there's other. I the Switch or the Wii U did have some great games, and I think uh, I think most of the best games on the Wii U are gonna see a second life on the switch. I hope so. We're going to yeah. get Mario maker. I think we're definitely going to get smash. Um, I think, I think we're you're yeah. one, you're 1000% going to get Mario maker. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think smash brothers too. Um, I think that yeah. Nintendo's it, they could make a new smash brothers in three years, or they could bring smash four to the switch as deluxe with a couple new characters. Uh, mm. and, bring that out you know summer of 2018 they might as well do that like while the iron is hot they might as well strike i mean no i, I, I mean, think they, the sales I think they for mario will. are crazy right it's like the quickest selling mario game that they put out in a while for odyssey yeah yeah it's i mean every everything this the switch is fucking minting gold right now um yeah. it's it's amazing it's cool it's an, it's yeah. a like, fun time to be a Nintendo fan for sure. Um, well, but Nintendo th- definitely earned it, yeah. Especially with these fucking games that they're putting out. Yeah, that's the thing. The Switch is cool, but it's like it launched with Breath of the Wild, which is Breath of the Wild had the industry talking, like not just Nintendo fans. Everybody, I really, I'm, I will be super surprised if Breath of the Wild doesn't absolutely sweep uh, Game of the Year awards from every outlet. Dude, I don't know. It might be now. It might be Mario. And that 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 is the thing. It's just it is Nintendo. They're competing with themselves, which is cool. That's that's exciting. That's not you know that's not a, that's a world I've wanted to live in for a long time. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on 
to okay. Thor. But I'm worried because my thingy has no battery bar on it anymore. Mm-hmm. Is it actually blinking no battery? No. Okay, when it starts to blink no battery, you probably got like 20 minutes left, as I learned last week. Okay, cool. Then we're probably yeah. good. Um, I'll keep an eye on it, though. Okay, so from here on out, all we're going to talk about is Thor Ragnarok. Um, we'll do some light impressions, and then yep. we're going to get into spoiler territory. Yeah. Um, okay, so light impressions. You said, I heard you say, I saw Thor and blank something blank experience. It was a damn fine movie-going experience. Okay. Damn fine. Um, and I would have to agree. I really, really enjoyed it. Here's uh, my kind of elevator pitch for Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok is probably one of the most unbalanced movie experiences I've seen in a while. But it's also at the same time really fucking fun. So I forgive a lot of that. And it's it's like the it's the most recent movie that I've seen where I've just kind of shut that critical mode off because the stuff was happening. Then I was like, that's kind of clunky. This is clunky. I don't like this. And then it's like, it's, but every scene was injected with just so much fun that I was like, fuck it. We're at the movies. It's time to have fun. That's what I'm doing right now. And I had so, it was so much fun. I, I think it's potentially the most fun you could have at the theater right now. Most fun you could have at the theater right now. That's true because Justice League doesn't come out for another week or two. Right. Um, exactly. And that's going to be barrels of fun. Oh, so much fun. Um, yeah, I like that pitch. It's. Uh, I think the movie tells you from pretty early on what kind of movie it wants to be. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if you listen to it, you'll have a great time. Right. Um, but if you don't, then yeah, there you could poke holes in it for sure. Um one of the problems Tess and I both have had with Marvel movies in general is they all try to be hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of them try to be both hilarious and heartbreaking at the same time. And yeah. Marvel's brand of comedy does not work with with serious storytelling most yeah. of the time. Um, you can't have every character cracking wise while shit's getting real. Um, yeah. Thor is one of those characters. I don't think Thor is a very funny character. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that holds up in this movie. He, he does try to crack a lot of jokes. Most of them were not the jokes I really liked, but I, there were a million jokes in the movie that I really did like. Um, yeah. But this one's definitely like, this is, this felt like one of the most comedies of the Marvel universe. Um, yeah, I'd probably say second to second only to guardians. Um, yep. whereas like captain America, I think is the most serious, uh, of the Marvel universe. I think that yeah. Guardians. Yeah, I would say so. Guardians is the goofiest, but this particular movie was really goofy a lot. Um, yeah, and and most of the time it went for the laugh. It, it landed. Um, there were plenty of times where it didn't, but I think most of the time it did. Yeah. So you said you didn't like Thor as like a comedic character. No, in general, I don't like Thor as a comedic character. But in this movie. Um. Or just you mean in all the movies? In 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 the Marvel universe, I don't think Thor's. I think he's one of the weakest jokers. Because um, in this movie, he was fucking having me laughing. He had uh, he c- had some good moments, but he was still there. Were some other other aspects and characters that I I laughed at a lot more. 
Yeah, but I think like Chris Hemsworth is a funny dude, and I think he was dying to do something like this, and probably saw Guardians and was like, "Can we just do that?" Because like I just because he's fucking funny, man. He has good comedic timing, and he's obviously good at improv. Because I think a lot of the movie was improv. There was very, from what I've heard, there very few scenes actually stuck to the script. Really? Um, yeah. So. And I've heard this from other movies he's worked on. It's like everyone's like he has way funnier than he has any right to be looking like that. And uh, I think it came across really well in this one. Like, and the only problem is is this one I'm talking about with the uneven experience is like if you sit Thor Ragnarok down next to the other movies he's appeared in, it's really his character is inconsistent with those other movies. Yes, absolutely. But it's like, if you just sit down with Ragnarok as a movie itself, like as a singular experience, it's super fun. Like it's just a kind of different experience in those other movies. Um, and yeah, I thought, I thought most of the comedy did land. Um, so I forgave a particular, I thought like a lot of stuff in the first act is real clunky. Yeah, I'd agree. Did you feel that way? And I would say let's cut off our light, spoiler-free convo and get into and get into it then. Yeah. So then, if it I were me listening, summary, I, I wouldn't want to hear about. I wouldn't want to hear an act breakdown. Sure. Um, uh, the, I would say then, just in summary, like it's really enjoyable. I would recommend going to see it for sure yes i would definitely recommend it uh one of the more enjoyable marvel movies of late yeah um okay then spoiler zone how you want to spoiler zone spoiler zone spoilers you spoiled um okay so okay yeah. What were you saying about the show? Oh, I was going to say we should enter a soundbite uh, sound about spoiled milk or something. Subaru coming through. Big spoiler on the back. Mm-hmm. Like that soundbite? <laughs> yeah, that's spoiled milk, I guess. Spoiled milk. Ooh, rotten. Like that. Some girl goes, ew, rotten. No, yours was better. Mine was too on the nose. Subaru? Yeah, the Subaru spoiler. Subaru. Subaru. Brought to you by Subaru. That just makes me wish we were talking about a Fast and Furious movie, though. Nah. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, um, so, spoilers. Where do you want to start here? Um, okay, so I want to start by saying Jeff Goldblum is fucking incredible in this movie. Holy shit, Jeff Goldblum is yeah. so good. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff Goldblum is great. I think in particular, the one part that I thought was just like, so Jeff Goldblum, was when he was talking about the time difference on uh, Sakaar, and he's like, you know, technically I'm 2,000 years old, but as you can see, <laughs> and he just like stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like... I like when Thor said he's from Asgard and Jeff Goldblum laughed and he goes, Asgard? <laughs> and then he's, yeah. he's later he's like, I mean, I don't know how they do things in Astown or wherever you're from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Je- Jeff Goldblum was brilliant. And then uh, the rock dude the with the New Korg. Zealand accent. Korg was so fucking hilarious. I Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. I'm Korg. Good. Get out of here, ghost. <laughs> 
because it kicks Loki's Loki's yeah. projection. <laughs> that that yeah. was so good. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the sort of thing where I think that's the sort of shit that people complain about when they complain about the humor in Marvel movies, but it's like I, this movie just did it so good. Like, I don't think the humor's ever really bothered me and the fact that they doubled down on it in this one and got a comedy director to do it and he could handle it pretty adeptly. Like it was all super fun. It all played. I like what I like about Korg is um He's like this big dude who looks like he's going to be this intimidating gladiator. And he's just like a real softy. He's very clearly a soft dude. Um, yeah. And that everything is like, yeah, I was going to start a revolution, but we didn't have enough flyers or something like that. I don't know what the <laughs> line was. So yeah, just me and my mom. <laughs> yeah, just my mom showed up. <laughs> That's yeah. why he's in prison. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was so good at the end uh, when he's holding his buddy to like, what, hey, what do you think? He goes, oh, he's dead. <laughs> I think I stepped on him earlier. Uh, I felt yeah. so bad. I've been carrying him around. Yeah. I think um, it that reeks of something that they would do another like Marvel one-shot, a character they would do a one-shot for. Remember when they used to do that? They had the, the, the extras for DVDs. They did it under Agent oh, Carter. Yeah. I, I, and, I, I uh, never Mandarin. watched any of those, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that that reeks of like they should do something like that for that character. Oh, I would definitely watch it. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was so specifically with the movie. What I and this is coming from a storytelling perspective. Like, what I don't like about the clunkiness of it is that the the pledge that you make at the beginning of a movie, the first ten maybe 20 minutes should set the tone for the rest of the movie and tell you what it's going to be about. Right. Um, and the beginning of the movie is it's all Ragnarok. Like the storyline is you're trying to prevent Ragnarok on Asgard. And that storyline presents itself as the A storyline and very quickly becomes the B storyline in favor of uh, planet Hulk basically, which is all this stuff on Sakaar. Right. So the movie feels disjointed in that way. Um, and then it like comes back to Asgard at the end um, and I love how the dude in the beginning, uh, Surtur, um, I, I love that opening sequence, by the way, is like the most heavy metal thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's just like Thor battling demons. And especially the part where he's like, he's, he throws the hammer and he's flying away from the dragon. That was like such a cool shot. Yeah. Um, that was a, I, I particularly noticed that, uh, that shot as well. I've just been like, well, this is really cool looking. Um, yeah. It's real fun. It's just so much fun throughout um but that's the thing that's that's sort of the clunkiness of it and then you know interjecting dr strange was very weird um but then oh, like I there was a really strange in there i love him yeah i i love him but it's just like it's the sort of thing where it's like these movies are becoming comic books now and i so that's why i'm like fuck it i'm shoving it aside this is fun i love it and i felt the same way about spider-man homecoming including iron man is like it's just like comics this is exactly like comics and i don't care like how weird it feels for people and like the doctor strange thing was like not cleanly interjected but it was worth it for that scene where he calls his umbrella and it's wrecking doctor strange's house and just like sorry because Thor has no concept of like where the fuck they are in the house. He yeah. probably thinks it's like right up the stairs, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, 
I just love that Marvel can do that. They can call Benedict Cumberbatch up and be like, can you just film like a few scenes? I know that it involves like a lot of like getting into costume and makeup and all that shit, but just, we need you for a little bit. And he can be like, it was probably in his contract, but, um, he can just be like, yeah. And they can, they, the Marvel can just do whatever the fuck they want. You know, it does feel like Kevin well, Feige. Of course, is in a kid. contract, that was the end of, uh, that was the, the punch out of Dr. Strange. Yeah, I think that was actually literally just footage from this movie that yeah, I filmed. Yeah, I think so too. Um, it just it, at this point where they are with these movies is like Kevin Feige is just a kid in his toy box with the toys, and he's getting to do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, and he's doing some pretty cool stuff for the most part. Yeah. Um, oh, here's an interesting little thing that I should have mentioned before our spoiler warning, since nobody's listening anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, so I have avoided the star Wars trailer mm-hmm. and I, for the first time ever put my fingers in my ears and closed my eyes during a trailer Shit, I, in a movie theater. Shit. I just watched it. Cause I was like, this is the appropriate setting for this. The appropriate setting for me to see those scenes is on December 14th when I see the movie in theaters. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was awful. I I like was clunking my teeth together and stuff to try to make noise in my head because I was in a fucking movie theater and it was really loud. Mm. Um, so I you don't want to be like blah blah blah. Yeah, well there are people next to me, so <laughs> I didn't want to be too annoying. I was trying to do yeah. stuff like internally, um, and it was, I I managed to block it all out. But I think our new plan, because Tessa did the same thing, our new plan when we see movies, uh, at least until Star Wars comes out, and is because most of the theaters around us have reserved seats. Um, yeah. So we're get our tickets and then uh, we're going to actually stand in like the hallway and watch the trailers so that we can just walk out of theater if something comes up that we don't want to see. Yeah. Um, And it's dumb, but it's like, I want to do that. I want to preserve my Star Wars experience. So I'm willing to do it. Um, Why don't you just bring like headphones in and just listen to something on your phone? um, Because if I were sitting behind me, I'd be annoyed with the guy pulling his phone up during a preview like i and that's clunk i don't want to carry headphones around like it's it's all that's all more work than just you know standing for a few minutes sure yeah um i did see that star wars trailer well i don't want to talk about it oh it's a star war the other thing i've done um is that i've wanted for a while to quit facebook Mm -hmm. and so uh as of a few days ago i'm uh i'm giving it a test run i'm not gonna log on to facebook uh until star wars is out makes sense um it's hard because the thing is i don't like going on facebook i normally get on it i scroll for a while i get angry and it's just like it's a time waster but it's a it's a completely negative time waster there's a couple reasons i want to have it i want to keep it for the networking purposes. I want to be able to say something to most of the people I know easily if I need to. Um, yeah, but that's about it. And so my hope is that I can get used to not using it and then just use it sparingly for things like that. Um, but I use it like that's the thing. I I'm on it like someone who cares, but I don't, I don't like Facebook. It's not, I don't ever post shit on it. I don't enjoy being on it. I usually just, feel bad by the time i get off i feel bad and somehow it's been an hour 
<laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I I could do that with plenty of other things. I could I could watch an episode of a show I like. I could play video games for that hour. Like there's a lot a lot of better uses of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I I really I rarely go on Facebook unless I specifically have a notification. You know. Yeah. Um, and that's not me. Yeah. I don't do that. I get on all the time. And that's I'd much rather be like, oh, apparently I've gotten some stuff in the last week. So now I'll get on Facebook and check. Right. So you get on it even when there's nothing. Do you, do you just get on it out of, out of compulsion now? Yeah, it's just 100%. Kind of like... I open. And that's the thing. Since I decided to not do it, I open a tab and I start typing Facebook into it. And then I go, no, stop. I don't want to do this. Oh, and I don't even I get on it on my computer anymore. It's just on my phone. Oh, as I do it, that's I sit at my computer when I am home. Uh, mm-hmm. and just stick around. And that's like what's happening now is I look at Reddit for a few minutes and I only watch a few Reddits and then I like go to Kotaku and then I'm like, all right, well, I don't have anything else to do. And now I have to go find something to do. Like, oh, I'll go play Mario or I'll look at pornography for the next four hours. Damn, that's just my normal routine. Facebook was uh, occupying. I didn't know Facebook occupied that much of your time. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. It shouldn't. I'm not a I'm not a Facebook person. I don't. Right. I'm not constantly doing things on it. That's uh, right. That's the thing is like I don't I don't ever think of you that way. Like I don't. And when we hang out, like I don't even see you. Like I see you pop on it, like just kind of like the way other people do. But I didn't think that like that was part of your, your routine. Is like let me do some things, and now it's Facebook time. Yeah, and it's not like I think about like oh I gotta go get on that Facebook. It's just this compulsion. Like mm-hmm. I'm at my computer. I don't have a clear goal for what I'm going to do on my computer. So the first thing I'm going to do is go scroll through Facebook. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't want people to think that of me. I'm glad that you didn't. And, but the uh, bigger pieces, I don't want to actually do that. So I'm right. It, it is like really just a, a toxic waste of your time because you're probably only getting something constructive out of it for probably the first like five minutes you're there because you're probably you you find something and it probably catches your eye and here's where i stopped is i stopped when i started to feel myself in a death scroll where i was just scrolling and just for the sake of scrolling and it was there's something satisfying about that just like getting through content like unrolling the scroll you know right it's just like i get and when I now when I catch myself doing that, I just turn it off. I stop. Well, and I do that on Twitter now. It's this FOMO for me where I'm like, oh, I like scroll until I get to where I stopped scrolling last time, uh, oh, or yeah. or I'll, where I started scrolling last time. And so mm-hmm. it's like, cool. Now I've seen everything that anybody I've known for the last twenty years has said on Facebook. A mission yeah. accomplished. I'm gonna go to bed now. Like it's yeah, it's. Uh, it's stupid. It's super stupid. Hi, Esther. My new ritual is, Hang I on. think, Esther's red meowing into the microphone. Oh shit, Esther, meow, Esther, meow, Esther, Esther, Esther. She's smelling a cat. That's why she's meowing. Oh, there she meowed. I hope the audience could hear it. Well, we're gonna find out when I. She was right next episode. to the mic, so I think she might have. Nice, hot. Hot diggity daffodil. Um. Anyway, Esther, to to be clear, that's that kid you abducted a week ago, right? Yeah. Good little Esther. Cool. You want to go back in your cage? 
She does. Um, my ritual with that kind of stuff now is I get on Reddit, and I think Reddit is a really positive. Well, it can be a super positive place to be. I usually go to like what the like top whatever stories are, I guess. And usually in there, you can find some pretty positive stuff. A lot of stuff with animals, but people actually post like really positive news clippings from weird websites that don't get a lot of track uh traffic i feel um and then you you could find like this the normal stuff like whatever today's tragedy is that we're going to talk about for fucking ever um but there've been plenty of times where the like it'll highlight some cool like cancer research type stuff where people are making some real headway with certain types of cancers as far as curing them you know, like real positive science stuff, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's just what I'm attracted to. I, that's what I click on. I click on cute animals and positive science things that people aren't talking about. Reddit's good for that. No, and that's I. So I'm I use Reddit. I only I I subscribe to uh, just a handful of subreddits, mm-hmm. and that's I think I might need to expand my subreddit. Uh, a bit because i don't like just looking at everything um let's see right now i subscribe to the nintendo switch the google pixel board games htc vive and amiibo subreddits and that's it Mm -hmm. Um, see i don't even go there i go to like the whatever is like if if you like log out whatever pops up just in that feed when you're logged out like that's what i kind of like check in on yeah you just go to all and it's like specifically the stuff that people have been upvoting though, like the recent stuff, like whatever, like what's hot or what's new or any of that type of stuff. Right. Um, so I have my subreddits that I subscribe to. They're all like gaming based, uh, but I only hang out there for like a second to see if anything interesting is happening. And then I'll like pop into like that actual homepage of it and uh, see, get some, get some positive vibes. Um, but yeah, that's my new thing. And then I'll go on YouTube for a minute, see if anything interesting is there. And then I'll start playing games or I'll draw or something. Yeah. Social media sucks. Anti-social media is garbage. I hate it. Cause that's the thing like on Facebook, when you go to Facebook, it's literally, well, for me, my experience is it's just people bitching about stuff like not even important stuff or things that they're like directly involved in i just don't like it well it's not constructive bitching it's either people bitching or it's people doing things that make me bitch to myself right oh fucking i can't believe it's so stupid what you put on there like that's thing it it brings out a bad side of me it's not even that Mm -hmm. everybody on there is shitty and saying shitty stuff it's people doing stuff they like, and then I get all grouchy about it. I'm like, so dumb. Fucking, they don't even know what they're doing. It's so stupid. And then it's like, I don't want to be this person. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I, why am I being judgy about someone I don't care about from high school uh, saying something they like? <laughs> like, it's, it's so <laughs> yeah. dumb. It's stupid as shit. It just makes me a shittier person, or it brings out the shitty person in me. So, this yeah. is why diaries were private. Back yeah. in our day. Exacto mundo. Now that you can read everyone's diary, it's just miserable. It's just misery all the time. Mm. It also is like, I don't like 
a lot of social media is just about the way people use it is to just stay in their echo chambers of like like-minded people and it's it's just kind of silly you know and it's it's a lot of like trying to shame other people for thinking differently i don't take place i don't take part in that kind of shit yeah fuck that i ain't got time for that in my life i want to do some positive stuff i want i'd like to think that i have i'd like to think that this show has a positive impact on the people that listen to it even if it's just like making fun of us yeah because we're stupid I'm stupid. I think you might say real coherent shit most of the time, and I am just stupid a lot. Yeah, you're so stupid, Keith. Yeah. I think we should change the name of the show to Sam and Stupid. To Sam and Stupid to, Talk About Nothing Important. Sam and Stupid Talk About Nothing Important? That is, yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, let me ask this. Do you even get it? I think... So, no, I don't. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> That's good. That's a smart move. Um, oh, sorry. back to Thor Ragnarok spoilers. Um, yeah. I really liked getting to see the Hulk uh, as a personality. Um, mm-hmm. I liked hearing the Hulk talk. I liked I liked Hulk you know, saying I liked Hulk actively trying to repress Banner and stuff like that. That was really fun to see. Hulk got a lot of screen time, screen time in this movie too, yeah. and I think it's a testament to the CGI now because like it's really good. Yeah. Like there, there are times where I just like it's easy to pick apart. Like oh, it's so CG and these all these CG characters, but at this point, I'm like settling in so well that I'm like, fuck, these are just real characters now to me, and they get to act alongside alongside each other. Um. So yeah, the only weirdness came was there sometimes when like Hella had that headpiece on, and didn't look quite like they meshed the CG and the real person together well enough. Yeah, I didn't notice that at all. Um, I just noticed it a little bit, but I liked her. Head Dude, piece. fucking Carl Urban was <laughs> yeah. killer in this movie too. When it started, great. I was watching from. I was like, wait a minute, is this Carl Urban? <laughs> <laughs> I got really excited. I turned to Tessa and I said, is that Carl Urban? And she said, oh, yeah. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Dread. The guy from that your favorite movie. What's his What's the character's name in that in Doom? Um, his name is uh, Reaper. Reaper. <laughs> no, it's not Reaper. It's uh... Is it? Oh, no. Wait. Isn't it? Yeah, I think it is actually. Yeah, it's Reaper. Yeah, because wait, is that right? Because he's reaping. Themselves. Well, no, his last name because I think his last name is Grim, and so his name is Grim Reaper because his sister Samantha Grim, who works on the Ark. Uh, yeah, there you go. She says uh, it's all coming back now. <laughs> she says she goes Reaper as in Grim, and then he says we're Marines, Sam, not poets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have not. It has been too long since I watched Doom, um, which I, could mean I'd anything. Like... Could mean it's been one day. Uh, could mean it's been <laughs> ten years. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd like to watch that movie again, but I feel like it's only appropriate if I watch it with you. Uh, let's. Um, can we do a riff track of, on Doom? Yeah, yeah, we should. 
We should I do. Jeff has been talking about wanting to do like just get on Discord and watch a movie. I wonder if we could sell Doom. <laughs> this is the movie we do. Has, has he never seen it? No, he's seen it. I've made him watch it. I bought it on oh, okay. DVD. Brought it to his house in Colorado. I flew it to Colorado so he could watch it. <laughs> the movie Doom is counted as a weight in my bag. Uh, to make JW watch it, it's yeah. so good. But yeah, anyway, so, Carl Urban. Yeah, as is, I was saying, I love Carl Urban from Doom, even though the movie's terrible yeah. and he's terrible. I mean, he's fine in it, but it like I have such a weird love of that movie that I actually love Carl Urban. And I was really worried that movie was going to completely tank any shot of a career he was going to have. Yeah, it should have. To be realistic, it should <laughs> yes, have. It should have. Yeah, but it didn't, man. And you know what? Like thinking about the movies he's been in recently is like Carl Urban is a real treasure. Like yeah, think about dude. Dread. Think about Dread, Star Trek, and now Thor. Like he's those so three good characters. Those three characters he plays are so different from each other. Like that guy can really sink, like very much disappear into a role. And he's entertaining as fuck. Yeah, like Bones is incredible in those movies. I I think I think Bones is his best role. Um, yeah, he just does such a good. He is he is like Bones. I think is when he gets to do the most acting. Um, mm-hmm. And he just does a really good job. He's fucking hilarious. He makes the best faces. Like Bone makes some of the incredible faces in those movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Dread. Like he was so good in Dread, but he didn't. He just got had to be grouchy and have a helmet on the whole time. Um, and then yeah, his character in this was awesome. I was really excited when I realized it was Carl Urban because um, mm-hmm. he doesn't look a hundred percent like him right away. Like he's yeah. he his bald head like totally throws him off a little bit. Um, yeah but yeah i was stoked i was like oh my god it's him it's carl urban um i got these beauties from a place on earth called texas <laughs> yeah i love that he's in the end he is fighting these asgardian demon army with two ak-47s <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. just so silly yeah it's very comic book though yeah 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 that was really fun um I liked Hella a lot. She was a fun villain. Yeah, Kate Blanchett really killed it. I mean, like, Hella wasn't, like, a compelling villain. Like, what she wanted was just kind of bland. But she, she, she injected it with as much soul and as much fun as I think she could, given, like, whatever material was given to her. Um so yeah, it was really fun, and she, it, she actually came off as intimidating and rather like kind of scary at points. And yeah, like her power set is cool. Like it's just it was fun to watch. Yeah. Um. And uh, she's a babe, yo. Just really weird moments, right? Like I'm like, damn, I forgot. Like, or like. Do you know, like, when you see actresses all the time, but there's, like, one thing that you're, like, I didn't know I was attracted to you, right? Like, I see Cam- Kate Blanchett in a bunch of stuff, never been attracted to her. And whatever she's doing in Thor Ragnarok, I'm like, fuck. Do you ever do that? I feel like there was one other person recently where that happened to me. Where it's like, you never really did it for me, but in this one thing, whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely happens. And I'm trying to think of what as well. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean that's that's just good. It's good makeup and it's good actressing. Like when you can embody a role to the point of adding like of of being when you can be a different enough person in different roles that you're attractive in some and not in others. Like that's a pretty pretty impressive work. Yeah. I think what it is is just looks like she's having fun. That's just like I'm to be realistic, I'm attracted to everyone in this movie. Yeah. Because they all look like they're having fun. I just want to be around them all. Um, I just wish oh. they'd introduce Daniel Craig to the Marvel Universe. Then I'd be attracted to somebody. Well, okay, who would you cast Daniel Craig as? Everyone. Um, Every character? Yeah, I think he could probably do it. He could do like an Eddie Murphy style. Fuck, you're so right. Um, okay. All right, so, but what happens then when Daniel Craig is Black Panther? Um, he just never takes off the suit. Yeah, but Eddie Murphy is like famous for playing characters of other races too. I mean, Daniel Craig's got to do the same thing. No, I, I mean, it's I do that Eddie Murphy thing. It's 2017. He he does Daniel Craig's version of it. He doesn't have to do. Okay. He's not playing. He's not making the clumps too. He's mm-hmm. making Daniel Craig's the the clumps with a C. Dan- Daniel's. Daniel Craig's Avengers. The Daniel Crumps. Okay. Meet the Craigs. That's what it's called. Um, Daniel Craig who, is an attractive man as well. I don't know who I'd cast him as. I don't know enough about Marvel. You Okay, so the... Fuck Chris Hemsworth taking his shirt off. He's got a body on him. It looks so unnatural, though. It's, he just looks like a capital V in pants. Right? Like, it's just a triangle. It's an equilateral triangle with pants on. It's like the pelvis, like the belly, the weird, like, belly button region to whatever the V is that goes to your crotch. That, on him, looks weird. It because, just goes all the way to his shoulders. Right? Yeah. There's something weird about it. He's, not right. Uh, he's got muscles. He does have some serious muscles. I remember okay, when he ca- threw his hammer at Hella and she caught it, and he like is holding his arm out like mm-hmm. he was pulling it. There were like muscles bulging in his arms that I didn't understand. I, I if, didn't even knew they if existed. It had been I drawing, studied anatomy. If it had been a drawing, I would have gone as a shitty drawing. <laughs> like, yeah. this isn't what a person looks like. If, I've studied he muscles. Looks like his muscles look like the horse outside the Denver International Airport. Yeah. <laughs> that horse is fucking hideous. <laughs> um yeah, no no shit. Like I've studied the, I've studied muscles in the arm. I've studied muscles in the whole body. I didn't This dude's got made up muscles. He's got implants. <laughs> he has implants, it's for sure. Um But yeah, he's there's some kind of working out he does. Also, shout out to Matt Damon. He didn't have to do this, but he did it. It was it was weird. I think it was weird. I didn't yeah. mind it. I'm glad that it was it was just what it was, and then mm-hmm. it was over. Um, if yeah. they had like brought him, if they had done more with him, I think it would have been too much. Um, yeah, I like. I saw on IMDb that the guy who played Thor in that scene was Liam Hemsworth. I didn't realize that. Correct. That was cool. Chris Hemsworth's brother, also the star of Westworld. Did you did you see in the credits that Sam Neill? was 
uh, Odin in that play? Uh-uh. Yeah, boy. Sam Neill, also of Jurassic Park fame. Didn't get to quite reunite with Jeff Goldblum, but they were in the same movie. It's true. So, counts. Very true. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think... Is there anything else you want to bring up about Thor? Uh, really cool that he loses his eye. Also, like his like God mode transformation is pretty dope. Yeah, when at when he has one eye and is covered in lightning and is fighting off uh, dudes left and right was really mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, the whole end scene on the Rainbow Bridge, and I like that uh, the dude at the end gets to like kill Asgard. Yeah, that. So I think the whole the switcheroo, if you look at the whole movie of uh, Thor Ragnarok, Thor isn't having visions of Ragnarok. That's when we last see him in Avengers Two. He's in this weird fucking water cave. Not when we last see him, but he has that super weird tie-in scene. It's marketed as Ragnarok, like mm-hmm. that's what it's called, and then it opens with him talking about Ragnarok, thinking he stopped it. And then it becomes this entire other plot. And then the movie ends with him bringing Ragnarok to destroy Asgard. Like that, yeah. that was just really fun as a viewer um, because it wasn't at all what I expected. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he gets to, he gets to get that villain villain to fulfill his purpose. And it's fun viewing that from kind of 40 yards out. Yeah. Yeah, all those all those scenes that would normally be see and like I'm of two minds with this movie where I like I really enjoyed it how fun it was. And then but then it like kind of takes everything that was serious about it and makes light of it almost to the point of parody and they they skate that line, you know? Like Thor is silly without coming off like a doofus. Like he still is very dangerous and a, and like a serious fighter. Right. Yeah. And a good character, but he just gets to be a little more like light and goofy this time without being dumb, you know? Right. And then the way that they skate that line, I think is probably harder to pull off than like coming together with a cool action movie with a fun plot, you know? Yeah. And that's what I said that Tess, I think after, right after the movie, like I feel like the movie, um, it towed the line of too absurd the entire time, but I think it, mm. it managed to stay just before the line for almost mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I just really like all the scenes where it seems like they're improving. Like when Banner gets to talk and Thor get to like have a little scene on some stairs in the streets of Zakar, and they're like riffing off each other. And uh, he's, like, trying to get him to go Hulk mode again. He's like, no, man, Banner. Banner's valuable, too. I'm I'm powerful. And he's like, are you, though? Yeah. yeah I like that. It's all that little stuff that I like. Yeah. Anyway, I think what we're saying is we like the movie. Yeah, it was good. So we said that pre-spoilers. And we're yeah. saying that post-spoilers. So yep. I think the moral of the story is... Um, let's talk about Valkyrie a little bit. We didn't talk about Valkyrie at all. She's a pretty prominent character in the movie. She was cool. She was cool. Yeah. She was very, she was one of the least impactful pieces of the movie to me. Yeah. She had like a very standard story. And I feel like just because, uh, 
I feel like people are going to make a big deal about her just because it was a woman this time instead of that. T- that part typically goes to a man. Yeah. Right. Of like that, that drunken fumbling. Like I used to kind of, uh, dishonored hero who's just kind of hiding from responsibility and then like finds their way back to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess like so. that's getting, I feel like that's getting hyped up just because she's a woman this time around, but it's very kind of standard kind of story or like a real typical character arc that we've seen a bunch of times. Yeah. And I guess I didn't know it was really hyped or anything like that because I haven't been following any marketing. Oh, people love her. They love her. Some, some people are saying she stole the movie. No way. Now, Korg stole. We all know Korg stole the movie. Korg stole. Korg stole the movie from Jeff Goldblum, who owned the movie. <laughs> that's my. That's what I think. You stayed for the post credits, like yes. all the way to the end. Dog, this is not the first Marvel movie I've seen. <laughs> what kind of fucking question is that? I loved it. Let me ask you now, Keith. Do you know who the old man who cut uh, Thor's hair was? Um. Yeah, it was uh, Jack Kirby. Yeah. See, I'm just it's it hurts it's, it's insulting the, to be asked these questions. The guy who the whole visual design from Sakar was based off of, jeez. Um anyway, I miss the days of Marvel movies when the stinger was actually has story content. Mm-hmm. Um I don't like that now it's there's like a early mid credits stinger with content and then a joke at the end i liked having real content at the end it was always fun yeah um but are we do we both assume that loki stole the test rat cube oh for sure you saw that look he gave it he was like oh yeah Yeah. i remember what it was like to hold you in my sweet sweaty cold palms and and rub you all over my body Mm. that's the look he gave it that's the look he gave it to me. He's got it. And he has to have it because we now need it, yeah. we need it. And like that is Thanos' ship. Right. Presumably that's how them. Thanos found them. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. For, so he's got he's got it. And, and Loki still has to be a shithead some way, somehow. It's true. It's all true. Um, also, Banner was just Hulk at the end, right? He never changed back. Correct. Yeah, so I wonder how that storyline is going to play out. Well, so I had read that uh, Hulk is basically getting his own story arc that starts in this movie, continues in uh, Avengers 3, and finishes up in Avengers 4. Um, So I'm excited to see that. Hulk specifically or Banner? A Banner slash Hulk, I think. Okay. They're going to have an arc, like a followable arc through these three movies instead of getting their own movie, which I think is cool because I still don't think the Hulk can necessarily support his own movie. With the right magic and the right storyteller, he could, but I I think it's more of a licensing thing because they still have some weird shit with Universal where they can't make standalone Hulk movies because of whatever contract they have. Um, Yeah, I still don't know. Like, I... I've read Planet Hulk and I read World War Hulk and those are some of people's favorite Hulk stories and they're just kind mm-hmm. of boring. Yeah. Like they're not bad, but they're not that exciting either. Just Hulk punching stuff. 
Sure, but do you think that like you don't think at this point Marvel Studios could make an exciting Hulk thing out of an amalgamation of all those stories? I don't know, honestly. Like that's I just I think the Hulk the Hulk has been so good as a supporting character. I think that they should just keep him that way. Um, yeah. I don't want to overdose on him. Every time, the way it is now, every time I see him, it's a delight. And I'm worried that if they gave him his own movie, I'd have too much Hulk. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Um, how far away is the microphone from your mouth right now? Because you're like quiet and you're cutting out. Mm. Well, now it's in my mouth. I just don't. What do you do? Like, do you are you constantly like swooshing your hair or something, and then your hand catches the mic and knocks it backwards, or are you licking your lips so intensely that your tongue catches the mic and snaps it upwards? Uh, it's actually. I think gravity's doing the trick now. Are you upside it's down? Pull- well, it's like the. It's just like pulling it down little by little, probably over time. I I'd probably just fiddle with it, and I'm not thinking about it. All I'm I saying is with... it's extremely rude, and I'm furious. I know. I'm sorry. Look, I, it's just something I'll have to work on. I don't do it consciously. I'm not like, let's fuck with Sam and do this right now. Good, because that's uninspired, and you're better than that. I know. I am. Um, um, no, you go. No, I just posed you with a, an unanswerable question. We well, don't know. What was the question? You know, I think Marvel would just come up with something pretty entertaining, especially now they got they could play with all the toys now, so they could they could put as many characters in a Hulk movie as they wanted to. Similar uh, to like how they just put Doctor Strange and Thor. I mean, Thor has not just Thor character. I mean, Thor characters, but Doctor Strange and Hulk have. Well, Hulk has a real substantial part in this movie, but Doctor Strange gets to be in it for a little bit too. You know. Right. Um, no, I just don't know if they can. I just don't think, like, I okay. Maybe they could. I'm not interested. How about that? Yeah, I don't want them to. I think there's still something to it. I think there's still some magic to it where somebody could give me something I didn't know I wanted out of Hulk. And that's true, and obviously I can't know what I want if that's the case. So Yeah. But I mean that's like the basic the the easy truth is if someone made a good Hulk movie, I would like it because it was good, like just by definition of that statement. Like if someone made a likable movie, I'd like it. But I'm not I'm not eager for them to. I like the Hulk so much as he's as he's been used so far. Yeah. One of my favorite most recent Hulk things was Mark Wade actually did a Hulk run and I really like the way it started but it didn't go anywhere where it's the book like the very opening pages of his run started with Banner being like I am the Hulk and I've just accepted that now instead of trying to fix this problem it's a condition I have to live with so here's what we're going to do is every week for and he's talking to like Maria Hill she's like the director of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point right. and he's like he's like He's like, every week I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some fucking kind of miracle for you as Banner, and you're gonna pay me. And in return, you're gonna help me manage this Hulk situation where if I go green, you just point me at conflict and launch me like a cannon and I'll do I'll handle some business and then you just keep letting me work for you instead of chasing me down all the time. Oh, and I, 
I like that as a setup. And then it never really just kind of went anywhere interesting after that. But that first issue, I was like, fuck, here's, you could do something interesting with this. And I feel like that's he was the like, Hulk. Like, you can't do anything that interesting with him. He just is, he just punches. He just gets angry, he gets big, and he punches. Or he tries not right. to get angry. And that's what I liked about it is it was leaning more on Banner than Hulk. Yeah. And then I feel like the the book just ended up leaning on Hulk a lot. I believe but, it. Um, um, my thingy is about to die. Sure. Yeah, it's a good time to wrap it up. And anyway. I'm, I'm yeah I'm I'm getting tie tie. I don't know how many more times we could just say we like Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, it was good. I like the Hulk in it. Okay. You know what I liked about it most though is that I liked it. You liked that you liked it. That's really yeah self centered. I liked that you liked it because I like to think about others. It's actually one of the things I'm I like about myself the most is how much I like to think about others. Why don't I ever think about others? I hate you so much. Yeah, I know. Well, I already thought about that. Well, that's our show this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, You can catch us on the social medias and stuff if you want. I don't really plug that stuff anymore, but you know, do your research. It's there. Dot com backslash baby. Dot com black back ugh, black slash. Okay. No. It Whoa. is a black slash because it's usually on white backing, but yeah, but it's a backslash. Yeah, it's a it's a back. It's a black black. It's a black back. Sat. Oh god, the show's over. Sorry. Goodbye. <laughs>